That's loud. Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. My name is Brian. We got everybody on today and uh, we have a little bit of volatility. We hope for more. Let's first welcome our friends, Don and Cred. Don, you're on the left. How you doing, Good, good. Uh, Cred, what's up? I mean, Link is up 10%, so I don't know how many innocent lives have to perish to pay for this sacrifice, but otherwise, yeah, fine, mate. Uh, I didn't realize that Link was up 10%. As a non-owner of Link, I've only owned Link once in my life, and uh, it didn't last long. I probably lost money on it. I don't really know. <laughs> it's the Link way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Don, Don what, are we, what are we facing here? I mean, we've, we've got a little bit of upside. We actually bottom streamed last time, no? We, I think we, that was we try. I mean, one out of 20 is a, not a good hit rate, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, because we're like actually like uh, shit talking the market last, last week, and then it uh, put in the first few days of, of green candles, actually. So that's quite nice. Uh, let me quickly share screen. I forgot to do that before. That's all right. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think we spent the last last episode talking consistently about how terrible uh, crypto is. Yeah, to my credit, and I like to do that, that give down? myself credit, um, is that um, that I say I look better than before. <laughs> but yeah, I actually I actually reconsidered the day after our show and bought. Um, so like that's been doing quite well. And uh, but we are at resistance right now. So like when you're going through the time frames, the monthly is still complete, not the garbage. There's nothing there. Um, the weekly time frame is at resistance. Um, but one good thing is that we've already tested that uh, we've, we've tested this before, right? Um, so when you when you look here to the left, um, we've had this massive wick into into that box and. Um, that makes this resistance less reliable, I would say, as in like it's a weaker resistance, so it could break, um, but it's still resistance, right? So we have we weekly resistance here and we have daily resistance. So when you go on the daily, it's the same kind of story. Um, so yeah, it's, it's at resistance now. And I think there's only really like, I mean, if you, if you want to take a bet, like it's a pretty shitty position to be in right now, like it's much, was much, much better lower. Because if you if you want to short and you short this and it actually breaks these resistances, you're gonna get slipped for a shitload, right? Because then it's just gonna keep going. Um, and if you're long, you're just longing into longing into resistance. So it's a little bit of a tough one. But I think if you can break both of those resistances, uh, it's gonna be up, and then it's gonna be up for a while. So that's uh, kind of where we're at. Cred, do you ever feel like? Don uses our Monday conversations as some form of therapy before changing his bias. Yes. Uh, I also get that <laughs> privilege on Friday. So that's very helpful. You know, my, my weekend is sandwiched between Don using me as a sounding board to make money while I lose money. So yeah, it's a distinct privilege to be here as always. Yeah. Uh, also yeah. GW in the chat. So uh, weekly resistance is the name of the show, not weekly open. I guess yeah. that's part of a bear market. Uh, yeah, Craig, how, how are you feeling? How are you about markets or life, whichever one you want to share about? Oh, God, no, those are two very disparate <laughs> things, Ledger. I wouldn't dare venture into the second one. Um, market wise, 
I think, I mean, I posted somewhere rather that it felt a bit different when we finally got that green candle on the 12th and that we didn't fully retrace the day after. That's how low the bar has been on the daily time frame, where we've had one, like for months now, we've had one green day and the next day was red. And that was like a reliable pattern. Uh, and then the response to news has also been somewhat telegraphed, where, you know, good news would have some impact and get fully retraced and uh, much less significant bad news would have a large impact on price. Uh, we had the whole FTX liquidation estate thing approval that the market absorbed. Mm -hmm. And arguably that news was stale, but it's still pretty... You know, it's a notable shift in behavior that, you know, even in the past, weak headlines were enough to nuke us, whereas on this case, stale news or not, we kind of held up pretty well. Uh, and ever since then, yeah, I've just been marching up. Today especially, uh, and this is the curious thing, there's like a very obvious uh, TWAP running during the course of today, pretty much from, uh, you know, 10, 11 a.m. UTC. It's been very, just a classic sort of ramp in open interest, CVD, et cetera. Uh, we even got a bit of a spot premium coming in towards the end of it, which is uh, slightly welcome because throughout this entire, I mean, for months now, spot has just been dead and inactive. Uh, and, the, and the pops we've had have been primarily perp led. I think that's still broadly the case, but at least for a candlestick or two, um, the spot market decided to show up, which is nice. But to Don's point, uh, you're, we're at a stage now where from a technical point of view, We've had a massive ramp up in open interest, both in sort of relative and absolute terms. I think just this leg is something like, I don't know, like almost like 13, 14, 15%, depending on where you measure the starting point in terms of an increase in open interest uh, to, to sort of get here. So there's a lot of speculation, if you will. Uh, and it's taking place in a bit of a tricky area as far as finding something risk-defined to punt in terms of TA. So... Yeah, I think the weekly has a is slightly more charitable. Uh, the daily is like up in the face of resistance, so that's less than straightforward. Uh, I'm really curious to see how the rest of the U.S. session trades, uh, and in general, what we do around 27. Because to me, this area is like quite murky from a TA chart point of view. I'm just not sure what you do at 27.4. Um, but as Don mentioned, there's there's a nice little gap uh, if we manage to make it through here, uh, which should you know from a profile point of view, uh, be able to fill back in towards 29 sufficiently quickly unless the market's a total scam. So uh, I think this is one of those weeks where unless you're Don, who has bottom entries and uses podcasts to flex them, uh, you're going to be in a tricky position. Uh, so if you don't have the luxury of a good position, this is a really tough area to do business. If you do, uh, more power to you, I suppose. Hmm. A couple of thoughts based on what you said. One is the FTX news stuff. Um, I mean, people dumped it pretty hard when it, the headline came out that they were seeking the allowance to dump uh, from yes. the court. And then it did not dump anymore once they got the approval of that. And then now I guess we'll see uh, when they actually start selling stuff. But if I recall correctly, they really don't have a lot of Bitcoin. Um, I believe it's mostly Solana and some other altcoins. So maybe we see, you know, a little less hysteria in the selling process other than some uh, tidbits for certain coins that it's just a physical sell pressure that they don't have a lot of counterpoints for. Um, <clears throat> one other note is that y'all are talking about where to, you want to do business and where you don't um, for your periodic moving average update. 
you do have a weekly collision of the 220 and probably some others right at 28k um which is not very far above here and i don't really know if it changes much on your levels don um no, it's all very similar can we call that the ledger death cross by the way i feel like we need some uh, uh show specific branding how about that the 20 yeah. is that 2200 uh yeah that's there the 2200 it's the ledger yeah. death cross it's over i can't yeah. believe it I really, whether it's daily or weekly i really like both the 20 and the 200 uh one fast one slow uh the 20 is also uh, representative of like a Bollinger Bands uh, moving average or the midline and the Bollinger Bands, if anybody ever looks at that. And then the 200 is just kind of a standard boomer barometer that legacy markets like and me, I also like. Yeah, they've been quite, quite good. Yeah, I mean, they have their place. Uh, yeah, I think the moving average guys that I follow have essentially made the argument that for the first time in some time, we've flipped the four-hour version of the 200, really? uh, which is like a welcome short-term mm -hmm. or fast-acting trend reversal signal. But then the 200 weekly, I think, is the one that's overhead. So if you want this to snowball into something a bit more, you know, sort of aligned from a trend point of view, ideally the four-hour sort of spills over into the weekly and then you have a, uh, have a decent trend on your hands. But, you know, from my interpretation of those traders, that that's kind of the obstacle ahead of us it seems like a lot of chart ta stuff plus trend stuff uh converges around sort of 28k or thereabouts yeah better put that in log i was in linear like oh um, you can't do that yeah <laughs> i don't know how i got there they they also moved the buttons in trading view for how to assign log and linear and auto fit and it's very yes. stupid um, i agree it's so dumb i hate when people change stuff <laughs> <laughs> We're getting old, dude. <laughs> um, I was just going to point out in, in a, a deeper manner, um, Bitcoin rode the 200 week, used it as a form of support, at least with if you count for Wix. Um, back in 2015 bear market, the it was the Pico bottom in 2018, 2019. And then on a closing basis, at least uh, for the COVID bottom, this is really... Um, since Bitcoin had a 200-week moving average, this bear market is the longest uh, Bitcoin's ever spent time under it. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean it can't, like a single flip of it like we did twice, doesn't just mean up only from there, it could grind around it. But generally, I would get more and more worried as a moving average enjoyer um, if, it, if it just like stays below it and grinds below it instead of, uses it as some kind of floor for people that want to average back into the market. So I would, I would love to see Bitcoin recover and spend weeks, you know, um, if it's going to consolidate, consolidating above that testing prior highs rather than constantly testing the lows. So if it was, you know, finding truer resistance at 30 K or 31 K, something like that, that would make me feel much more comfortable because that's also, um, where where we did a lot of uh price action uh stuff back here back when i mean do y'all think of these wicks here basically as uh ftx trying to save itself now in hindsight actually, i actually never thought about it that way I, I i actually i wonder what like 
how bad it was at that point already. Craig, you they- we had an up only episode where I was at the beach and Trabuco was on and you were on and um, like it was right around then. Given ongoing federal investigations, I can't comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, he said nothing uh, behind the scenes or anything. It's just, I don't know. The, the more I think about like that summer, I, I really feel like they were probably already rehypothecating some funds and, it, and um, yeah. I mean, but they had to do it because of Luna, no? Or like, I, I mean, I don't well, this know. Was, this was pre-Luna, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm saying it. Like, I, I'd be... Luna was was kind of what was uh, like the one that kind of fucked him over. This well. Oh I yeah, yeah. Right. The so, they didn't get away with it, but I think that they were um, probably playing with fire earlier. Oh just, uh, yeah, probably. just my gut feeling. This is not based on evidence, and please, similar to whatever that disclaimer Fred said. Yeah. Nice right. You're gonna have to fucking scrub this now. <laughs> hey, I said it. It's out there. Just it just they just felt weird at the time. Like it felt like that should have been the end of the bull market, and then we just did this like, you know, animal spirits turbo move to. A God, I traded out. that leg so badly. <laughs> oh it, my God, so badly. That nuke itself, I traded well, but then that second part, part the fake all time high. Good God, that is not a highlight this, of this whatever one. mental trading journal I've got. Yeah, this one right here. Well, maybe maybe it was not you that was wrong, Craig. Maybe the market was wrong. Correct. Yeah. As usual, when you're wrong, the market is. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, like we're really in the in a weird spot now, because at the end of the day, right? We talked about all of this stuff last week, um, where like, oh, this is bearish, that is bearish, um, but we also talked about that we're getting a Bitcoin ETF, right? So we're in this weird situation now, where you have like this massive bullish catalyst alongside just a shit market and a lot of reasons to go down. So now you have to kind of decide whether like you're on the Bitcoin ETF kind of team. Okay, that's going to be approved in the next whatever months. Or if you're in the Binance Duma team and then Binance is going to go down in the next few months. <laughs> like it, it's such an odd one right now, no? Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like in between. Like I go... I go completely like from one side to the other and I'm kind of struggling to to kind of find what makes sense in this kind the of the Binance thing is probably the biggest curveball that confuses me. Um I could absolutely understand if they get in some very hot regulatory water. Um I'd personally still be quite surprised if they were massively misusing funds or something versus like were there people on their platform that shouldn't have been yeah but i mean i'm i'm in the same team but then again i said the same thing about ftx and then <laughs> take, take, take what we say with that in, in into account yeah like i could got completely bamboozled by ftx and i don't know if that makes me more susceptible to kind of like reading this wrong or less i have no idea but there's there's a part in me that's like I I don't want to get got twice. <laughs> yeah, I will say the Binance US like executive departures. I mean, I feel like their average tenure is like two weeks right now. And there's people will come in and just immediately leave, and that seems very bad. Um, yeah, I mean, does it though? Isn't isn't Binance US basically dead in the water? So oh yeah, I kind of expect like, them to. I don't. Wrap I, don't up don't under, I cannot comprehend 
cannot comprehend why anyone would have funds on Binance US or use it um, for any reason. I right. can't comprehend it. There's probably more signal in the international departures than the US ones, but yeah, they've both been affected, of those. Affected, been, essentially. There's yeah. been a lot on the international side as well. Yeah, I mean, a decent chunk for sure. Hmm. Um, well, we can't overly speculate on what's going to happen in the future there, but um, it's not like it's a job or anything, right? Yeah. It, well, but it, we can identify it as a potential risk to upside if something bad happens there. Yeah, there's basically a spectrum, right? So there's like the nothing burger side of the spectrum, which is either like a small fine or just no DOJ, no final crescendo, which is bullish, just getting rid of that overhang. And then the colossally bad part is some sort of worst case, have to shut down, insolvency type of thing. Because um, you'll recall with the BitMEX um, fiasco, that was essentially but seen by the market as a slap on the wrist. Now, yes, they did end up, you know, Arthur got in some trouble and they ended up losing dominance as an exchange. But in terms of when it happened relative to the market cycle, it wasn't as bad as people thought. And so we kind of just went up only from there. So uh, it's essentially about building that spectrum and then, you know, reacting or even making guesses as to where we fall on that. I think the market at this point is immune to Binance rumors. And from the on-chain sleuths that I follow, you know, big withdrawals and redemptions are still being processed. There's, there's no kind of on-chain fuckery there that would raise red flags. Uh, I just think until we hear something definitive, most of the Binance stuff is going to be managing counterparty risk and stuff and personal risk appetite as opposed to trading headlines. Yeah, there are a few people in our trading market world that um, have been taking those precautions as well and had not historically... Uh, if things ever got hot, like I, th I don't know if y'all saw Loma say the other day, it was his first time in five or more years where he took his funds off Binance. Um, stuff like stuff like that, I think, is prudent. Um, whether it's whether the you know the downside potential is there or not, um, yeah. Game yeah, left risking, roll bit. Right? Sorry, breaking news. Um, not to interrupt, but. Yeah, he just tweeted, after careful consideration, I've left Rollbit and partnered with Stake. There's a Stake ref link there, of course, and it says first live stream tonight on Kick. So this is going to be in a, a fun character arc. Going out on a limb to say that I think Gainsey might be joking. Really? Uh, he's got a ref I, link there. I'm 99% sure he's not. Like, So, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not. I mean, there's a Stake ref link there. It'd be a hell of a joke, Ledger. No, no, I I talked with him too, and he's been interested in in stake for a long time. Like I think even before that, a little bit, he saw that Bitboy partnership <laughs> value. <laughs> trying to oh, God. trying to zoom in on uh, Bitboy's million dollars a month or whatever. Oh man! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This market is something. I mean, else, thank yeah. God CT has been very peaceful and tranquil and friendly because <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. That's been a disaster, by the way. Like, as far as the social layer, if you will, um, obviously there are ebbs and flows, but the last week or so, the last couple of weeks perhaps, have just been absolutely miserable on the Twitter side of things. Uh, and there haven't even been sort of pockets of relative happiness or uh, productivity. <laughs> it's just been all out civil war. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm holding my friends on friend tech. Oh, for sure, Don. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really been it's been something else. It's fun. I like it. I like it when people go after each other. Very different. 
No, 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 no. This is the greatest thing because usually you see like people are trying to keep the deal flow and then they don't say anything and you can tell that it's all fake and it's like this this weird charade of everyone's friends, but it's actually not the case. And then you see like in back chat rooms how people like talk about each other poorly and I fucking hate it. Like just say it to the people and right now that's happening. People are giving each other shit and I absolutely love it. Um, I'm I'm usually just saying it, but having other people join me, that's great. I love it. Feels like Hunger Games to me. Not <laughs> Might be the deranged German in me that <laughs> enjoys this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, is there anything exciting to look at in the in the market? I mean, I guess Bitcoin and ETH both look pretty similar. No, uh, no, ETH looks like shit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I I don't know why. Like everyone's like ETH looks kind of okay. I don't get it. Like I don't see it. Look at this shit. This is. This is the weekly EFPTC chart, and this just kind of looks like shit. Um, well, you're looking at EFPTC. Yeah, but I mean, how else are you going to look at ETH? Well, you can look at ETHUSD, but I don't disagree that EFPTC should always be part of your uh, calculation there. And it yeah. does look very droopy. I mean, it looks droopy, and it's also like, it's droopy in a bad way, right? Like, if you have volatility right like as in if this was like this and you had massive legs to trade that's one thing um because then there's there's money to be made and um it's the good kind of like it's the good good kind of bad i don't know if that makes sense but it's dropping but there's money to be made and it it's not like there's interest leaving this it's just like when it's drooping like this so slowly and there's really nothing that you can do in this um people are gonna just look elsewhere and then what you usually get is one big leg to the downside, uh, not necessarily that deep, but like a massive leg to the downside in comparison to the shitty bleed out before. And to be honest, I could see that be the Bitcoin ETF. Like you get the approval and I think um, ETH could just stay flat. And then once the pump on Bitcoin has played out, um, you get a rotation into ETH and that's okay. By far, that would be the healthiest thing for the market. Yes. Well, and I think it makes sense because I sorry for, for interrupting. I think it makes sense because it's like have you seen the tweets that I've sent out? Like I I talked about ETH like twice and people got very, very upset. Like people added me. Um people are like in my comments being like, Oh, you you have no idea what you're talking about, you have no idea about markets, how they work, um, you're new to crypto, like all that stuff. And I'm just like, I'm just looking at this chart, I'm like, ETH isn't really that good of a choice right now. And that's all I've really said. And people get really upset. And I think uh, a lot of these people will kind of be sidelined for if we get an ETF pump. Um, I think the algorithm's been hiding you from my feed. Or your tweet during European hours when I'm still asleep. I don't know which. Both. Yeah. I also don't get paid by Elon Musk as much as anyone uh, else. This, he's, well, I don't get paid at all. I'm up for something for this. Because uh, <laughs> I have not... Uh, I get dollars off of my highly valuable Twitter commentary of Alabama barbecue. Oh, well, I mean, that's the big miss. No, I, I, you have to press a button and then connect Stripe, I think. Mm. And that's it. Interesting. I signed up for uh, Twitter blue or whatever under a different Twitter account uh, recently. And it made me do full KYC. Have y'all seen that? Oh dear. Um, the announcement I saw about the identity verification stuff, they, 
said it was optional for existing blue customers. So maybe there's some reprieve there. But if the new blue requires you to KYC, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, this was for new new blue. It was like driver's license, face wow. selfie. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's just useless. No, like who would do that? Like I did. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but but it, yeah, it's right here. I'm pretty doxxed. So, you know, whatever. Fair enough. Yeah, but it seems not only does it seem like a, like a dog's problem, but also just who the fuck wants to go through that hassle to, like, unless you run a business or whatever, like, you take it serious, like, who cares? Like, the Twitter blue stuff is not really that useful, um, in my in my opinion. Yeah, mine was for the purpose of a longer tweet or longer reply. I can't remember what. It was something that I was used to in my normal account, and I couldn't do anymore, and I was like, well, this is dumb. And then something about the feed as well. I don't know. They're like they're pretty, pretty aggressively. I think catering features to blue accounts, and I didn't really notice it until I was using an account that wasn't didn't have Twitter blue. So that's why I did it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but I'm not getting paid for any of that stuff. Oh, and they didn't even give me the check mark. It was like we'll review it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? Anyway. Doesn't matter. Wait, on the altcoin front, apart from Link being up 10% yeah. for whatever reason, uh, I'm not familiar with any... I'm, I'm getting shilled fewer on-chain so-called gems than in the past. And as far as the centralized exchange trading stuff goes, uh, it's still the same thing of the shittiest low caps on Binance getting <laughs> mega pump and dumped. I can't actually believe this is still going on for as long as it has. Uh, and it, Binance hilariously posted some like blog post about being on top of market manipulation. Oh yes, and very on the nose. Uh, but for example, yesterday TRB did more vol did more volume than ETH, which is like comical. And if what, you look at TRB, is- there's also HiFi, and every week there's one or two. I don't know how much juice is left in this max negative funding pump and dump bait trade, but we we've had like eight of them. That I can think of. I roughly, don't even know, you know what any of these coins are that you're mentioning. Yeah, well, that's kind of the whole point. That that's why the trade is able to work. Uh, I posted a tweet with my speculation as to how these trades work and how they're not orchestrated, but orchestrated. <laughs> um, and it only works if the market's dead and you can corner a large part of the supply of the token and there's a perp listing, etc. Uh, but the fact that it's still going on under Binance's nose to this extent is just very surprising i'll say that much uh, i would have thought given the amount of regulatory scrutiny um they'd, they'd be a bit more proactive and sort of cleaning up their shop uh but it seems not and there's also call of duty market maker warfare going on um because wintermute is now accusing dwf according to some reports i saw of price manipulation um and yeah, so and that's obviously related to the recent price action we've seen on those low cap alts. So it, it's messy out there. Um, I, I don't really that that's what the centralized exchange altcoin landscape looks like. The majors don't really move. I mean, BTC ETH vol is okay. I mean, at least it's doing something as of recent. But as far as altcoin stuff, man, it's just repeated week after week. Uh, max negative funding, pump and dump on the lowest caps mega volumes and they just bleed out and nothing happens and it, yeah that's that's really it i mean there look i I don't, I don't mean to be entirely cynical and dismissive uh, there are some good trades that you can make with that kind of meta 
Um, but as someone who is allergic to using the term market manipulation, um, because it covers such a, you know, people ordinarily use it for trades they don't like or moves that cost them money, whatever. This is like pretty, pretty damn close. Uh, what we've Number went down, it's market manipulation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I win, it's alpha. If I lose, it's market manipulation type of joke. But like with some of these low cap alts and the weeks of seeing this behavior and now having prominent market makers come out and speak out about it, like there's, there's clearly something going on. Yeah, it's so odd. The timing is so odd, right? Like Binance is getting wrecked on the regulatory front and then they're just like happily sitting by and watch this happen. Like I, I don't get it. It feels like when you're watching these coins trade, like there should be someone that goes to jail for this. But obviously doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very, very, very odd kind of kind of thing to happen on an exchange that is kind of in the scopes of literally every three letter agency in, in America. Um, seems a little bit odd. I like I'm very confused why why they wouldn't just like put an end to it because they could, but apparently they don't want to. I just walked through a lot of uh, watch lists that I keep. And um, there's only one coin that I even see that is showing what I would deem a positive trend. Um, I don't have any of it, so I'll share it. So I'm not pumping my bags or anything, but it's actually Rune. Um, on a weekly basis, this has a sustained multi-week reversal that most don't. Most are still sitting here down by this 20-week moving average, like somewhere in no man's land, even if they're up on the day or whatever. Um, but yeah, like really not a lot happening. You mentioned link. It, it, it goes back to April, 2022 in this range, May, 2022 in this range. So coming up on a year and a half in the same do dollar range for chain link, which is pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, as I like went across all, you know, all kinds of stuff, most of it's just in the same middle zone or a lot of them making, uh, relative lows still um versus bitcoin but the dollar pairs are not impressive either um which is probably like like we said earlier you know still relatively healthy um we, we could use we could really use some concentration and if that means people are less believing in altcoin summer or on-chain summer i'm sorry whatever it's called then that's not so bad. Uh, Don, what do you have up here? Bottle, your, your, your favorite. That's great. <laughs> it's, it's buried behind Cred's head. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, the, the random old coins, right? Um, they look like this. And then there's a few coins that look better. Uh, one of the ones that I've kept on talking about is Bitcoin Cash. For some reason, looks better uh, mm -hmm. than almost everything else. That, that looks exactly like Rune did. Yes. Um, like that looks decent to me, um, which is uh, odd. Bitcoin Cash is trash, right? But it doesn't really matter. Um, and then, yeah, I think Link, I, I talked about this last week on 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 my show, stream, whatever you want to call it, um, was at that support. And I was like, it doesn't look as bad as the rest. And now it's having a nice pop. But really, this like these charts, they're in massive, massive downtrends, right? Like I keep getting like angry replies for my stance on all coins right and how they're not the best investment um but it's hard for me to kind of make any other argument by just looking at the chart right and then people are going to be like yeah but link is an old coin 
Um, but then you throw Pepe, and that's just when Fruit's first cycle is also down like 85, 90%. Um, it's Arbitrum. just basically. <laughs> yeah. Seen that like, recently. Oh, actually, I haven't. Like, Arbitrum, I just noticed it's down. Um, beautiful. Doesn't even fit into my old range anymore. Um, you know, I actually but, forgot that the Brave browser had a coin. The bat token. The bat token, yeah. Good old times. <laughs> uh, it's probably down the shitload too. I'm just looking through older watch lists that I don't look at as much to see if I can find something that's doing anything. I that mean, not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's it's so tough to hold an old coin for long term, but for some reason, like, the whole DCA into old coins is, like, such a big thing. Uh, it confuses me. Like, it very much confuses me. Because uh, all coins and this, I'm not an all coin hater, right? Like all coins have these periods of time where they're really good, and that is usually very short, and then they bleed out for the rest. So, like if you put it into years term, like you have two good months and you have ten bad months. So if you DCA, you get all of those ten bad months, and then maybe you get two good ones. Um, whereas instead, if you just waited for like a good, like actually good price action, and then rotate it into an awkward even if you miss like the, literally the first half of the entire move you'd still do 10 times better i think um yeah but, if you can convince yourself to stay out of them for the vast majority of the time yeah then you have a chance to make some real life-changing money on the periods where they are awesome um yep. i think people arrive at that conclusion in a fairly straightforward way that they, they probably have this idea of crypto that like well yes uh <laughs> but i think essentially like there are a ton of anecdotes of people being early and dcaing btc and eth and becoming very wealthy so they think okay so dcaing is the methodology but i'm late to btc and eth and unit size bias is also a thing so two of those things work against me uh but if i employ the same methodology of just dcaing and waiting uh, but now I can get a lot more units and buy altcoins that have lower market caps and they correlate that with more potential, then I should be able to get the best of both worlds, right? Employ the same DCA uh, methodology that made those people rich, except I'm even smarter than them and I will buy uh, assets that are early and not late. And that's how you end up buying a ton of altcoin bags that never come back and tying up your uh, capital in less opportune parts of the market that that's at least my thesis as to why the whole dca altcoin thing is so popular um and also just back of the napkin maths of these things is very appealing like you just take any shit coin and it looks like it's retesting really old levels and lows and stuff and you take the old percentage slider and you measure what your gains would be if it made it back to all-time high which is your very reasonable base case uh, and you see that the percentage number there is bigger than it would be for like btc and eat so you're like okay well i want more upside uh, so i'll just buy something that has more upside if it goes to all-time high uh, without questioning whether it will do that so yeah i don't know that i've ever actually recommended to anyone to dca anything but btc and eth right um i find it potentially <clears throat> a good thing on uh, on a couple of coins but i don't trust my own nor uh, like regular people's judgment on coins where that's appropriate um typically dcaing btc and eth can be very productive but yeah if if you're gonna do an altcoin like big chunks sniper like in and out short periods of time um and you can 
you know, somebody w- wants to prove us wrong here. They can, you can point at many like one year, 2017 or 2021 examples of look how dumb you are. Look how well this coin did if you just held it. Um, but you really have to nail it on the timing on that versus the easy part of the move as Don was kind of talking about after you've had good moves on majors. Um, you can capture the meat of that move when there's very little risk and everything is going up all the time. Um, but for the period, you know, a month or maybe two. There've been very few times where it's lasted longer than that. 2021 was also a bit of an outlier in that regard where it felt like Bitcoin just lagged for the whole year, right? Yeah, we had to deal with the whole recurring, oh, lol, why would you even look at BTC when Sol, Luna, AVAX, Chili's is up 500%. That's the new barometer for the market. And that was coming from fund managers. Those same fund managers said there will be no bear market. And if there will be, it'll be completely uncorrelated because these are real assets. Like, fuck you guys, um, frankly. So yeah, that was a bit of a a weird period. Uh, I think in general, even if you're like an altcoin trading maximalist and you just don't care at all, there's so much value to be had and trade like keeping at least some baseline understanding of where BTC and ETH are. Because you can look at your alt in BTC terms. Then for entries, you can look at when you think BTC is going to pull back because the market is so correlated. You can just buy your alts, which don't have support resistance levels because they're parabolic, uh, in tune with BTC and ETH pullbacks. In terms of just like timing, macro, top risk-off moments, again, your altcoins won't have resistance levels if you're in that part of the cycle. But BTC and ETH will most likely will, or at least will have clearer trading and clearer signals. So you can use those. It's just such a useful thing to do. But people get carried away by the percentage returns of their altcoins, and they get lured into the idea that it's this uncorrelated relationship between the two, and that BTC is like for dumb boomers, uh, and that's that tends to be a, quite an expensive lesson, I think, historically. Mm. That's how maximalists are made, too. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I mean, they 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 don't they learn their lesson, but in a different way, right? Like they'll never touch it again. Um. Yeah. There is there is a sweet spot if you can learn to respect Bitcoin and ETH, but also be willing to trade other things when the time is right. Yeah, uh, I mean, the the altcoin people hate those people too, really, because then like you hold this thing and it goes down ninety five percent, and someone comes along and buys it. <laughs> <laughs> like that, there's no winning. There's no winning with these people. I feel like, but. Yeah, is what it is. I feel like the maxis, to to your point earlier, the maxis are just failed altcoin traders, really. Um, Not always, but it's there's there's a you know you, you you get them to go to maxis anonymous, and a lot of them are going to raise their hand on that question. Who got who got here because they got wrecked in alts? A lot of hands go up. Oh yeah. Um. There's not a lot in the traditional market to to point at that's very different from last week. So while we've had some upside in crypto, the uh, S&P and other things um, didn't do too much. Technically, it was another down week. It's kind of a gap up and then uh, down for the most, most of the week slightly, um, but still very much in range in terms of relative to what had been going on. The only thing that I found looking across some different charts that has anything to speak of is that oil continued going up after we talked um, and is now nearly $92 a barrel for WTI. Um, that looks scarily good. Yeah. Yeah. And and that'll have an impact on 
other things, inflation and whatever else. Um, you know, dollar as well, right? Is on a green weekly streak of sorts. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's. I guess it's just a tad down today, but it did have another very strong week last week. That's good point credit, and also for what it's worth, right back to that February twenty three level. So not only making a higher high relative to whatever its last high was, it's making a, a range high, potentially range break as well, unless it tops here. Um, so if it wants to go down, it needs to go down pretty soon. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That made nine, ten, or nine uh, green candles in a row on the weekend. Oh, it's the TD sequential. You've uh, just done some amazing TD, that, that ledger. This week is red. I, I did not. I did not mean to, but it's the second week I've done it in a row. I just see all those green candles. I got to count. <laughs> I, I, can't help. I remember doing that same exercise in the summer of 22 when we had like <laughs> whatever indiscriminate numbers of red weeklies in a row. That was fun. Just kind of became comical at a certain point. Is Tone Vase even around still? Like, I yes, seen... but no, doing scary. like a lot of political stuff, I think. Oh, okay. Because oh, yeah. he blocked me. Like, he went to the January 6th rally, didn't he? Uh, no or, comment. Actually, you're not supposed to call that a rally. I think it's, um, I forget what the word is. I don't follow politics anymore. Um, insurrection. Insurrection. Right? Yeah. 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 The January 6th insurrection, I believe. <laughs> I don't have any sauces. I, I mean, I saw a picture of him at one <laughs> by himself. <laughs> I don't know who these people are or what they're talking about, and I disavow all of their comments about markets and really anything that comes out of their mouths. <laughs> I don't even know why that is a problem, but. Fair enough. Well, people are going to jail for being there. So. Oh yeah, but I mean, or at least for being in the Capitol. I don't know about at at the event, but there were people I mean, who were in the Capitol who are now going to jail. I've seen I've seen his conference ticket prices, and there's other things he should be going for jail for. I think. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but I, I, I mean, don't comment on that because I don't know what this conference ticket prices were, and if people <laughs> paid for them, then whatever. Oh yeah, it's several Bitcoin at some point. Like, oh, like 0.5 Bitcoin. And... They, they practice counting to nine many times. That's oh, not yeah. true, Ledger. Sometimes you count to thirteen. Oh, is that a super cycle? It's some special TD sequential thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, any any charts that y'all want to look at outside of uh, the big C and S and P? Done. Uh, you still on your same Bitcoin chart? Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's the only thing that's really interesting. And I mean, this is this is generally an interesting move. Um, I I gotta say, like last week when we dumped, right? Like when we had this dump day, this was on stream. Like afterwards, I was like, "This is a little bit of an odd one because the S and P didn't go down. Nothing really led to this." Um, and we now have the same kind of situation, right? Where we have no real reason to break out, um, but we did, and the S and P hasn't been following suit. So like. Either we have someone that has more info than we do, or the market just turned back from bull uh, bearish to bullish, or um, we just do the same thing that we did back If there. it's Michael Saylor, Don, I swear to God. Oh, um, if it's oh. Michael Saylor, this is going to zero again. Yeah, that's that T-Web this morning. Um, I, I do wonder that sometimes. Like, I guess Saylor would be the closest thing, but you know how like Maki Big Brother is just doing things with NFTs nobody else is? <laughs> He's just like, collecting them all or dumping them all he's doing it all himself like he's the volume um and there's somebody out there with just loads of money that's doing this with btc too so this could really be like one or two actors that are kind of having their way with determining a breakout or or 
some some price action and then all the rest of us poor plebs just stare at it and wonder who who is controlling this who's the oz you know yeah but if you try to make something break out or break down over the long run you're just getting fucked like it's this one thing that i've learned in markets like I, i've known a few people that have been getting to the size where they can do like this like have these kind of oh this is at a level like if i sell it's gonna break down whatever but usually they just get squeezed um or the same with breakouts i've seen funds basically almost blow up because of it um because they were trying to be smart like forcing a breakout or forcing a breakdown um so i think that's not necessarily because people are always like oh there's a market maker sitting there kind of controlling it um i don't think you necessarily can control this stuff uh like with all coins yes you can but but with uh, bitcoin uh very unlikely um so like anyone that's trying to make price break out or break down um if the market isn't positioned for that like if the market isn't bound to break out or break down anyway uh, all you're going to do is cause yourself some pain. Um, I've seen it too many times. Um, I guess we can end with a, a narrative question. Andre has asked many questions in the chat, um, but we've all had some questions above as well, that similar things. Are there narratives we like? He brought up several. Um, Soul, Avax, Near, Rerun, I guess. Maker versus uh, FXS. I can't remember what that stands for, but on-chain revenue generator type stuff uh perps ver perp versus gmx for on-chain derivatives layer two narratives that you like anything anything narrative driven that you think could uh be a thing i think that's all dog shit to be honest um <laughs> like as far as altcoins go even if sort of you can narratively craft an argument for it if the flows aren't there the narrative means nothing and you can build a very compelling narrative that's structurally weak but if the price action is good enough it will stick and at the same time you could build a very compelling on its face narrative but if there's no price action for it then it'll just come across as nonsense and i think at the moment and unless we get new inflows and market structure shifts meaningfully then even the best crafted in theory narratives will have very little impact in reality if there's no one willing to cross the spread to turn them into something real you know that's very cynical uh but i think that's true for altcoins uh, as far as narratives that i do like um, I mean, BTC ETF is pretty much the only game in town. I didn't really see anything else um, within the same order of magnitude as far as impact and importance. That's probably it. And then to to his question of, but what about buying it cheap now and holding until the next bull run? Uh, I think your capital will be better off allocated to quote unquote confirmed real narratives when market structure and the conditions are different, as opposed to buying stuff now that you think might be, you know, existing stuff now. Uh, that you hope will turn into a narrative later. Um, because the new stuff just won't have bag holders uh, and it will have the optimism of the different trend and all that, the, the inflows and the, the, you know, the right conditions to succeed essentially and for that narrative to take form. Whereas I, I wouldn't want to tie up my capital personally, again, very personally, not financial advice. Uh, I'm not the kind of person to just speculate on existing altcoins, hoping they take the main stage next cycle. I'd rather the market prove to me what that is, what it looks like, and the conditions be set for it, rather than uh, have to think that far in advance. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. Not to mention, too, I mean, I, I take these types of punts uh, sometimes. I have this addiction to dino coins. I don't know why. Um, but if you are right quickly, it can be good, especially if you take profit. But if you are wrong, like your, your willingness to kind of hold through those 
Um, that challenging price action is weakens every day of, that there's weakness in the coin, you know? So like your, your conviction gets consistently tested if you're trying to average in on lows or, you know, something like that. So if you're not immediately right, then it, it gets very difficult, uh, to, to stick with it, especially as those other narratives form while you're still like holding on to whatever thesis you had, if that's proving out to be wrong, then, you know, you have to make those decisions later. Um, so if you're, if you're jumping on to existing narratives, it's a lot easier to know, like either I'm plowing in while this narrative is nascent and I get to participate in part of the move or you're wrong very quickly and it's, it tops and you, you know, you have to dump it, but you weren't married to it. You just, you just piled onto a narrative that was taking shape. Um, inventing your own narrative for something is hard for all the reasons Cred explained. Yeah. I agree. I think the BT, BTC ETF is the only narrative that I find, find interesting. And it is also very, to me at least, like all coins don't make sense when you have that, right? Like this is completely focused on Bitcoin. You know, there's obviously going to be some old coins that are going to be doing well. And when you have like a Bitcoin price appreciation, but I think a lot of the old coins will just lose Uh as a pair trade, even if Bitcoin goes up. And if Bitcoin goes down here, you're kind of screwed in all coins. You've seen what happens to Pepe. You've seen what happens to like the meme coins or the on-chain stuff. Like if this continues to chop, like the old coins still have like percent lower to go. Um, and then you're kind of screwed anyway. Like you're, you're screwed if it goes down and there's a good chance that if it goes up, uh, mm -hmm. you're not going to make as much as, as on, on Bitcoin. Uh, unless you picked right, which I'm going to yeah. assume more than half of you didn't. I'd make a caveat too that maybe all that can be wrong and you nailed it with your like narrative choices. But if you if you have like a singular narrative, then let's say you hit and you win. Maybe that can occur. You pick the one altcoin or whatever, the one category of altcoins that Don was talking about, boom, you win. Most people are going to think that they know these narratives or they're going to try to gamble on these narratives, but they won't do just one, which also for what it's worth, probably stupid, but they'll do three or four. And by then you dilute your chances of winning even more. And you're almost certain to underperform if the broad narrative is not there for you. Um, because you'll be right on one and wrong on the other three. And you might as well have just held, held Bitcoin or ETH or, or whatever major um, until it becomes more obvious to participate in some other narrative. So just, you know, diversification is a component of that. Diversification is not always good. Like a lot of times in crypto, diversification can be really, really bad. Um, yeah. yeah. I agree. All right. Yay. That, none of that was financial advice, just so y'all know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think we're telling um, stories of our own failings or successes, depending on which occurred when um, anything else you want to leave us with uh, any references to people during the course of this show are fictional and you know if they happen to resemble someone in real life that's a complete coincidence <laughs> sounds good enter your disclaimers here <laughs> um, well I guess we'll leave it there Don thanks for being here Cred thanks for being here good to see you both chat thanks for sticking with us hope you all have a great day 
Hope you make a little bit of money this week. If not on trading coins, then trading your friends or sports gambling or whatever you do. You just do you and have fun. We'll catch you next time.